and welcome to Book Club the Musical. It's summertime. You might hear some lawnmowers in the background. You might also hear some Bjork, because that's what we listened to this week. Uh, her debut album from My Birth Year, 1993. That's the theme for this round of selections. Uh, we all had pretty different opinions on it. It's a weird one. It's polarizing. But I consider it a fun listen, and hopefully it makes this episode a fun listen. Yeah, and I had heard her before, and I knew she was very weird. Yeah, I knew she had, like, an interesting style. Yeah. That's basically all you need to know. Yeah. (laughs) And we went all the way back to 1993, the year I was born. And this is the first time we're talking about old music, so there's an added dimension of how well has it aged, Compared to the stuff that we've talked about, none of it has had a chance to age well or age poorly. And this is an interesting record for us to talk about that with, because half the songs are pretty acoustic, and half the songs are very, very electronic. And I think it's pretty Mm -hmm. obvious which ones have aged better than the other. (laughs) Not, Not that I don't like listening to the electronic ones, but... But it's very Donna Summers. Yeah, you can tell which ones are from the 90s. Uh, within the first two tracks, human behavior doesn't really have that's, like a time period attached okay, to it. Okay, that's the most Bjork thing I've ever heard in my life. That <laughs> well, That was a fucking wild ride. <laughs> Holy shit. It is the first song on the first Bjork album, so I guess that's fitting. Yeah, but, but like, come on. <laughs> How'd she cram it all? Into one song before any of her career took off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> crams all of herself into one song. Yeah, crams the next 20 years of her life into one song in 1993. That was a wild That's, ride. Yeah, so basically the things that Bjork does is she does weird runs with like ascetic jumps in the pitch. And that's all over the place here. Um, her lyrics, because English is her second language, her lyrics are sometimes a little awkward to listen to, and they're also, like, very straightforward. Yes! In, like, a weird way. (laughs) I'm not convinced she's not from Mars. (laughs) And, um, and she always, uh, later in her career, she became really good at mixing electronic sounds with, like, strings and stuff, and that pops up a little bit on here, although the electronic guitar tone is, like I was saying before, it's aged pretty poorly. It's something that you can you can like the sound of almost as like a not ironically but as like a oh that's kind of a quirky goofy sound to put in a song understanding that it probably sounded fine in the 90s and that it's just like years later synthesis of sound has advanced a lot and so that's not really acceptable anymore but if someone put it in a song now it might work if they were weird like Bjork yeah she was very inventive I have to say yeah definitely ahead of the curve especially someone who's like like electronic music goes yeah like Iceland like yeah like she's nowhere like it's just her and fish so (laughs) (laughs) I went there once I can say it Oh, you went there, damn. Um, I guess I will kind of reveal the, my, the main thing that I have to say about the album. 
so that I can reference that when we talk about each of the tracks. But I think there's two sides to this album. Let's see. How am I going to say it? There's two, there's two sides to the album that don't relate to each other at all. And it's the, it's the traditional Bjork side that you get when you listen to later Bjork projects. And then there's the house music side. And they, like, they don't touch on each other at all. And like what you're saying, human behavior very ahead of the curve. Like no one was doing anything like that at the time. And that pops up every once in a while. But then on the other half of the album, I don't I don't know that much about house music and what it sounded like in 1993. But th- this seems just like basically she's singing over, like club tracks. house music. Yeah. So th- and that was died out, and it it doesn't it doesn't hold up the same, and it doesn't sound innovative in any way. Yeah. Uh, when I was researching the album, it said that this was the time where she had like moved to London and was kind of like embracing the dance music scene there and it kind of sounds like basically what you would expect from that time period in London. Yeah it seems like it's half what she thought people wanted to hear and then half what she wanted to make. Yeah. And it like isn't even split in half it's like every other song. Yeah it's like it goes back and forth. I don't like that at all that's there's, yeah, it confuses there, I was me. listening to one EP, just a different EP, and every other song, one song was piano with vocals over it, and the other song was ukulele with vocals over it, and it just went back and forth. And yeah. when you do something like that, it's so obvious to the listener what you're doing, and it's there's no like complexity or thought to it at all when you bounce back and forth between two. You have to, I think, if you re if you reworked the. Um, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but if you reworked the track list so that all of the house tracks were towards the beginning, and then you have There's More to Life Than This in the middle, and then you move on to the more complicated, uh, crazy songs, that would, that would, there would be, like, movement and progression throughout the album versus bouncing back and forth between two ideas. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. It would sound, like, a lot better, and it would flow a lot more. And sound like a real album. Yeah, and sound like an actual album instead of two different ones kind of, like, colliding together. In a weird way, because I didn't even notice it was exactly every other song until I'm looking back on my notes, and I'm like, it's every other song. Yeah, Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's so so (laughs) weird. Yeah, she's weird, dude. I feel like she never even heard what an album was for a long time, and she was like, what? This is what the Americans want. Someone was, like, split it in half. She's like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, like, say no more. <laughs> say no more, fam. I'll, I'll, give her, I'll give her some credit, but because once you get past uh, big-time sensuality, there's, they're not, it, the tracks aren't as cut and dry one style or the other. Yeah, yeah. I have jazz, So for the second half, the second half of the album again. is a little more cohesive. Yeah. I don't want to lead the discussion. I just talked a lot about the, my general feelings, but I want someone else to do the, like the kind of track by track. So whoever wants to lead that, go ahead. I did they. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. So I know we touched on it, but human behaviors the first of the album. I this I one was actually one of my favorite on the album. Um, Me too. Probably my second favorite. I loved just like. The drumline with the electric beat over it, it was just very, like we said before, Bjork. Um, And then, like, the straightforward lyrics about, 
if you ever get close to a human and human behavior, be ready to get confused. <laughs> What's my favorite? And then, and then directly after that, she does the thing where there's no possible way to understand what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a little, just a little juxtaposition between great lyrics and. <laughs> I had an airplane going by. <laughs> An Icelandic air horn, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the instrumental is crazy. Like I can't even yeah. tell what instruments they're using. It's all no, over the place. It's yeah, all like, like it a sounds um robot blur. Sounds South Asian kind of. Yeah, I feel like a lot of them on this one, uh, on this album particularly, were like Indian influenced. Not quite maybe this song, but I know like the ones later are a lot of like heavily like. There's a lot Indian. of tribal sounds. Like yeah, under, and like, like tribal. tribal undertones. So, the next I thought one... human behavior was just the funniest song on the planet because that's Bjork summed up. Like, she doesn't understand yeah. how to relate. Until, she like, she does understand. It's like a metaphor. I don't know. It's, um, I, I, what, what do I think it is? I think it's about maybe a relationship where after the relationship, she was so confused about what happened, this was the way she processed it, where if she thought to herself, if I tried to explain human emotions to an alien, I wouldn't be able to do it because I can't even understand my own emotions. I agree with that, because then towards the end, she starts getting into, like, love and stuff. That would make sense, Mm -hmm. that this is all about that. I thought it was just her trying to understand, like, how to relate to things in the world, because she's not from here, like, the planet. And it kind of... it. There's, it's a parallel to her English lyrical style because when she sings in English, um, she's she uses weird words sometimes because it's her second language and that's kind of the language is a little alien to her in a way where she's trying to put these complex emotions into and find the right words for them without the context of what like I forget what the the word for it is but like the secondary syntax? meaning of words. Yeah, syntax. Yeah. The wait, She doesn't necessarily know the syntax of every English language word, at least at this point. She she does, I mean, even on her most recent projects, she says, like, very plain statements that most English speakers wouldn't put on their song. Yes. And I, I don't think she's lacking understanding of the syntax, but maybe she's just able to separate herself from it. I think it works and in, I her think favor, that kind of, in her favor. In her favor. And I cannot find what song was it. It's, I just have it down written as number five. The one where she talks about love. Oh, like someone in love. Like so. Yes, someone yeah, in love. She didn't, that, I think it works in her favor. Cause I don't, she didn't write that song, though. That's just a heads up. That's, that's an old jazz song. <laughs> Man, I was about to get, like, real. Okay, but let's, let's say that that's the... It, it works putting an old jazz song on her album works because it matches yes because she can get it and i think putting love in such simple small words and phrases was like the best way to describe it because it is so like complex but then when you're in it it's just simple to you like it's just like little things here and there and it's like so so it was really nice to have a song Mm -hmm. like that and well i think the biggest the biggest example of what we're talking about is probably on violently happy where she's just like listing things and she's like 
I'm asking people to jump off roofs with me, and I'm driving really fast with ecstatic music playing, and she's and, and like those are lyrics of a song, yeah. <laughs> not like a vague Tumblr post, like yeah, yeah, like not like something you should be like worried about, like, not like a spam bot either, like someone just <laughs> a spam bot. <laughs> But I also think that, like, her simple lyrics really do work with all of the instrumental stuff that she's doing in the background, too, because when you have something so complex in the background, like, with all of the different, like, the strings, the brass, the, like, EDM beats, like, you don't want to also, on top of that, sometimes have these intricate lyrics. So I feel like the simplicity of the lyrics with the more complex background and, like, producing and musical, like, style is also really good. And saying something uh, emotionally complicated in a simple way is more powerful to me than trying to make it convoluted. Yeah. Yes. Fill it with crazy metaphor and all that. For real. I liked on the second track that it, like, started off like ragtime piano kind of like very simple like like cash machine yeah, yeah exactly and then she like switched it up into space music so i thought that was a really interesting like it was just really weird and i don't think we hear it now and i don't think anyone ever heard it then either yeah except for drum but drum doesn't have the switch up like that no yeah the 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 there's no one here part it, it like the beat switch is really cool in there I like I like I like specifically that part of the beat a lot, and the whole beat, and I don't know, I've said this before, but I don't know that much about n- '90s house music. The stabs and stuff are are really dissonant throughout the whole thing, so that might have been different from what other people were making at the time. Mm, no idea if that's true or not, but it's it's unique enough where I've I really only hear it from this song. Mm-hmm. That and how she. Um where she sings like it's almost offbeat all the time like when she starts yeah. to sing like it seems like it's a two combo song like that happen to hit every now and again like they match up and then they go back and then they match up yeah not as not as much repetition in the vocal melody as you would expect from a house flavored song yeah. yeah and that's a good thing for for this album and just talking about crying over such a happy sounding beat. I mean, it is. I, it's pretty sure it's a minor key, but just the beat's really bouncy, and then she's just yelling about crying. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. <laughs> why Same. am I crying in the club right now? <laughs> Same. Or I don't even know why I'm crying in the club. <laughs> and then Venus as a Boy is the third one. Venus as a Boy was my favorite song of this album. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> I loved this song. I love the Indian influence that it has, and, like, it's just so strangely beautiful with the strings and then, like, the chimes. It's just really enchanting. And then you have the lyrics, which are just (laughs) very straightforward. Like, this is... What was the... The second line in this song is the best. I feel like she was trying to be... It was like symbolism, but just very direct symbolism. His wicked She's sense just talking of about humor, a dude who's good at fucking. His wicked sense of humor suggests exciting sex. <laughs> yeah. That's the best line. Oh. She just found someone who 
brings the pipe. She had to write a <laughs> and song about it. And she's down. <laughs> no. But it's a very, it's a very, it's a very romantic song about good sex. Yeah. It works. Oh my god. Like with the, I love the strings, and I love when strings like meet that kind of Indian beat too. Like it's just so nice. I think the the string um, uh, arrangement is pretty pretty south asian itself i yeah. think that you would you would you would hear that in traditional indian music so i, I the whole thing i i've heard her i don't remember when but i've heard or read her say that she felt like on this album she leaned into that a little too hard and then she tried to use more uh european sounds later because she felt like that was more of like closer to home for her but i love it but she, she admitted that she leaned into it very hard, um, and you get you get it for this album, and it works. So I'm fine with that. Yeah. This song is really uh, this song is so similar to Human Behavior. Yes. That that it, it doesn't hit me that hard coming after Human Behavior, I guess, and it it's not as um it's not as upbeat. I like Human Behavior a little better, but it's still great A song in my opinion. It's just very similar to a song that I like slightly better. Yeah, I definitely I can see that. But I'm glad to get your um your opinion on why it's your favorite. That's good. I really didn't know this was about good dickin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was more to this. There well there is more to it, but that's the base of the song. Yeah, it's basically good transition into the next yeah, track. There's oh more my to like god, this. which was like a coke dream or something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, this this song is mostly a gimmick, yeah. but the first time you hear it, it really does blow your mind. When the, the door opened, it. I was like, no, mm-mm. Yeah, you're like, I, I was like, what this. the hell is happening? I was like, did someone just come into my room? Like, I'm in a trap house thinking, is where I'm yeah. at right now. And then she's, she's just, yeah, it's, Icelandic it's like trap the first house. time I heard it, <laughs> the first time I heard it, I thought she was like whispering in my ear in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. of a club or something. Yeah. I th- on repeat listens, Splitting I think a she's dime going... Bag, like, <laughs> I think she's going out back, outside, not into the bathroom. That doesn't make that big of a difference, but I think that's the, um... Because she says slip out back in the yeah. rooms. So I think that's more... And I I think that's literally what happens, because it says live version next to the track title, so I think that while they were... She was singing the song at the club, she just went outside. <laughs> she's took the like, microphone. I gotta get out of here for a second. I liked it going acoustic, but, like, boy, what a track. Yeah. I liked her, I think, like, singing this... singularly and then back to it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like how close to the mic she gets. It's very um, invasive. It's very intimate. But, yeah. Extremely. Um, the song could be shorter because the whole point of the song is that wow moment, and the rest of the song doesn't really matter at all. So you don't need to go back into the club after you get that. You don't need to have the whole lead up to it. You just have, have the song be long enough, like a minute or so, where the listener falls into the the trap of okay this is just a regular song then have that moment and move on it doesn't have to go back and keep doing it i feel like the song doesn't the rest of the song doesn't deliver on what that one moment does i agree i think she should have done it a little bit back in the club and then that was it like not do a second half yeah like don't go back she went back in don't go back don't go back to the club don't go back in the club don't go back in because whatever club that was is somewhere i don't want to be at let me tell you yeah she didn't sound like it was like too fun to be at i'll go leave with bjork it was like gallagher's on greek night oh lord just yeah just being drunk at the bar and like just 
being by yourself for the first time in a couple hours in the bathroom and realizing that there's like there's more to life than yeah this. like more to life <laughs> you than puked once there was never more to life than Galaxy. R.I.P. <laughs> and then now <laughs> number five <laughs> like someone in love and you said this was a cover of an older song. It's like a jazz standard, I think. There's tons of different versions of it. Okay. This one's the best, though. It fits her. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was really it nice great. with this, like, and I like that it's, like, in the background, you can, like, hear, like, the city and, like, people walking. It kind of sounds like she's, like, literally just, like, sitting on a in stoop a park. doing this. Yeah. Or, like, in a park. Mm-hmm. Might be what actually happened. And it, it kind of continues the, um, the outside noises idea from... From more those mortal lights, yeah. It, it continues in a more subtle way into this song. Yeah, just harp in her voice and she's killing it. She's going off with the vocals. Yeah. It starts It starts pretty subtle. By the end of the song, she's at the, like, the top of her range doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It's just it's well-paced. It's a very slow pace, but it works. Um, it's smack dab in the middle of the record, and it's, it's, like, it's a little bit of a break from the energetic music. It's I, This song is it's perfect, in my opinion, just... If like it's not an original, so it's not a as much of a reflection of Bjork as an artist as the rest of the songs, but it's still just the like perfect smack dab in the middle of the album. Uh, take a break, like let Bjork express how good of a singer she is, and then um, move on from there. And I think the rest of the album starts kind of being nicer or like more emotional after that point. Like even though it goes immediately back to like. 80s like euro clubs or whatever but there's still like a different vibe to like the lyrics after that song with the exception of big time sensuality i think i think big time sensuality is before the curb for the like emotional transition (laughs) yeah but i thought it was like all about positivity but it's not it's not an emotional song in any way no it's a great song no i just mean like there's like an up yeah and shouts out to whoever wrote the lyrics because just the idea of of explaining how you feel and describing it as I'm um, I'm acting like someone who's in love and just not realizing that you are in love. It's it's like such a funny but like like clever and cool idea. Like just it's it's the moment before someone realizes that they've fallen in love with somebody. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. And then we have big time sexuality. I was thinking about it. Oh. oh, sorry. Sorry. One more thing to say. <laughs> I was thinking about it while listening to this album, but this, like Someone in Love specifically, I, I don't, I think Bjork is my favorite vocalist. I don't know anyone who sings better than her. She's different, for sure. I've never yeah, heard anything like that. she definitely has, like, a, like, a really unique sound to her voice. Okay, that's, that's what we can move on now. <laughs> I had to say that, though. And then I was gonna say, before we get all, like, emotional, we have Big Time Sensuality, which is just this giant 90s pop I, anthem. <laughs> I ruined this song for myself because I made a mix with it and I and I transitioned it into um, Young Thug, Two Cups, Stuffed. So while the beat's playing, I just hear L-E-A-N-I-N-G. And, and it, it, it messes the song up a little bit. Please put the song in the end of the podcast. Oh, please. Yeah, I, I, I might get, might get in, in trouble for that. So, but I still love the oh song. Uh, it's 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 the funnest song on the album. Yeah, <laughs> and it also has my favorite lyric, which is "I don't know my future after this weekend, and I don't want to." I don't want to. Yeah. I love that line. <laughs> 
Oh my god. That's like a classic party anthem mm-hmm. line. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah, like it, that idea pops up so many times, but in this context, there's like a little more weight to it, I think. Because yeah, yeah, like yeah. the chorus of the song, it takes courage to enjoy it, is like, this song is kind of about how not like getting wasted and dancing in the club but like letting go and dancing in the club it takes effort on the part of the the participants to enjoy themselves and give up a little bit of their self-control to have a good time with other people and that she's approaching it in the most uh positive and not drug abusing way that you could yeah like the purest form of happiness she's like this is, like, an album for, like, when you're sober and you just, like, live like that. Like, you didn't have a bad experience. You just chose to. But you still like to go out and the, dance. This like, is, this is your album. driver album. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the I, I don't drink so I'm going to DD. Like, the auto DD <laughs> album. Okay. So, one day, I'm sorry, Bjork, the song, I could not. It was one of the songs that I really couldn't listen to. Because I found it so annoying. Nice. Go off. (laughs) I started trying to find deeper meaning, and I was like, is this about having a baby or dying? Is what I gathered. One day it'll happen. Don't know which one, though. (laughs) I didn't know, and I'm like, hmm, sounds like a lot like giving birth or death. Okay, this is my favorite song on the album. This, the beat on this song has not aged a day compared to the other electronic tracks. You could give these synths to mm-hmm. Mike Will and he, he would make a banger out of it. It's like uh, the, the bass and everything, it, it bumps. It still bumps and it's 20-something years old. It's however old yeah, you I, are. Okay, it's 24 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't, know, I don't know what month it was released, so I don't know if it's had its 24th birthday. I don't know if it is twenty fourth birthday yet, so it the I have no idea what the lyrics mean, but I I listen to so much music that I have no idea what it means. Uh, an aeroplane will glide gracefully around a volcano with the eruption that never lets you down. That that's a that's that's an Dab. amazing lyric. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mean something. I, I take it literally just watching an aeroplane go around a volcano while it erupts. That's there's a lot of yeah, volcanoes over there. But the way there. that her, like, that passage as a as a vocal passage, is her voice is constantly rising throughout it. There's like a sense of urgency and beauty and intensity to it, where the all the meaning I get from this song is just from the sounds. It's not from the lyrics. And one day it will all make sense. So you don't have to worry about that right now. <laughs> when you fall and into using the baby noises as part of the beat is crazy i told you i got that's what confused me yeah there's there's baby noises in the beat there's eruptions and all sorts of stuff none of it makes sense and it it's still a banger after all these years love it it's an emotional banger but it's still a banger then aeroplane my only note on the song was a jungle expedition with a swing jazz band it's i wrote down jazz. jazz like like Someone in Love is technically a jazz song, but this is, like, the first actual jazz song, which is so weird three-fourths of the way through an album 
to just pull out a jazz <laughs> just combo pull out a jazz and beat. stick it in the middle of her song. <laughs> like, even within the song, when you're hearing the part that you described as the jungle expedition, because it does have, like, bird noises in it, that is... That you can relate that to human behavior in Venus is a Boy, but then just the, the, the swing time jazz comes out <laughs> of nowhere, and, and they're like, oh, wait, no, this is a jazz song. I like the lyrics. They're another example of just speaking plainly about something that means a lot to you. Just yeah. an, a long airplane ride, long-distance relationship. Come to Me was another one of the songs that I found, like, I could not listen to because they were. So- it was, like, just boring. I hate that, yes. like, yeah. I liked um, <clears throat> Come to Me a little bit. I think it was a nice break from everything going on in the rest of the album, that it was, like, a breather. I thought, um, yeah, I wrote down Not So Weird, and I liked it a lot, and I thought it was kind of like like Someone in Love, where it was like the simple, honest, kind of sweet lyrics. Yeah, like, you so. you know I love you, but don't make me say it, it'll burst the bubble. Yeah, like, that's yeah, so cute. Um, I, I think sonically, I agree with Alex, and then lyrically, I agree with Alana, like, if you're not paying attention to the lyrics, the song kind of drags, but then when you get into the lyrics, uh, she sings them very well, not, like, a, on a technical level, but, like, on an emotional level. She, like, digs into those lyrics, and they they yeah. really elevate the song. The actual instrumentation, I'm not that wild about. It is kind of boring. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, compared to everything else, it's definitely, like, a step down. Well, I mean... Um. You get, like, someone in love With where it's, excitement. it's, like, five minutes of harp. You can't get chiller than that. This this is a different kind yeah. of boring where it's, like, it doesn't really progress, I guess. Or it, it doesn't have mm. any, like, unique feel to it. Compared yeah, it's to just songs. kind of, like, one, like, kind of level at the entire time is what kind of bothered me about it. Yeah. I didn't like it until I paid really close attention to the lyrics. Violently happy... Gave me a little bit of anxiety from the slow pace of lyrics in the beginning. That. Um, this is my least favorite song just because she keeps saying violently happy the same way over and over again. And it's dumb repetitive. And it's it's like those two words are a juxtaposition on each other. An oxymoron, one would say. But it's not that deep. Like, you can't say that 50 times in the song and expect it to <laughs> carry weight to it. Yeah, I think nice. I think this is where this is where her her um second hand or separation from English betrays her a little bit on this song. The th- the weird things that she says in between violently happy is really weird and cool to put into a song, but just violently happy, violently happy like that's not that interesting of a thing to say. Like you can be violently happy. It's it sounds weird at first, but it makes enough sense that it's not like insane thing to write a song about <laughs> she yeah she really thought that something was or more just there. call the song violently happy and don't say it over and over again yeah just take out that. the words violently happy <laughs> that remixes <laughs> remix and then the anchor song i found that this mixing was kind of weird i called it more like the slow shipwreck song um because are you moving on to anchor song? Yeah. Oh, I won't. I have one more thing to say about violently happy, and that's of all the house songs, 
This one has a very groovy breakbeat feel to it, and I like that a lot. I wish that they used some sort of breakbeat thing on like crying or something, because I want that sound on a on a song whose lyrics are cooler. Okay, so back back to the track list. Alex, uh, too slow for Alex. The anchor song. Yeah, um, I just no. I just felt like it was the horns against like the lyrics and everything else were just a little too harsh and loud. Next to, yeah, I thought it was just loud and slow. And it just kind of crashed and burned for me at the end. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Anchor song. Uh, the lyrics are pretty surreal, but somehow relatable. The It's similar to Airplane in a lot of ways, where she kind of has, she says the main vocal hook, and then the horns come in. So it's... It's kind of similar in structure to that song. It's weird to have two songs on an album that have such a unique structure, but the same. So you di- you just did it twice, basically. Yeah. But out of the context of being very similar to Airplane, because I like this song better than Airplane and Anchor's song, it just takes me like on its vibe. It's so slow. It's so calming. It's underwater feeling. I just I just let this song carry me where the song wants me to. When the vocals come in, I'm cool with that. When the horns come in, I'm cool with that. Uh, the the very last note where the baritone sax goes way deep is like that's so cool to me. And I maybe that's what you're talking about with the mixing where it's super loud, but it's it's loud because like they just nailed that note. I feel like, and it's I think it's a good way to close the album because first dropping the anchor is like the end of a journey it's it's she's making a decision of where like from the beginning where she doesn't know how to explain her emotions in human behavior in this song she's making the decision on where she stands emotionally this is where i'm staying like i've decided that this is this is i have this understanding of my situation and i'm able to decide that this is where i'm staying i think that it's a conclusion to the main conflict of the album which is um her not necessarily understanding romance yeah it's it's like it's like she's having trouble understanding herself as a romantic entity while she's like going to parties all the time and stuff so she's maybe coming out of violently happy she's she's that was her like that was her hitting rock bottom like with things clashing and now she's found some place to settle with the anchor song yeah so i like i I like it but i 100 percent understand how someone could uh not be able to listen to it because it's it's a it's a weirder one any general uh statements um i liked it enough um I knew about her, and uh, like me and my mom have similar tastes in music, but I just never got around to listening to Bjork, but she always told me to. So I think hearing her from the start is kind of interesting, because now I'll go back with some background and hear like her greatest hits or whatever, and then have kind of more of a depth for her. And I like that the album is like outsider looking in, because that's what she is, Like that's very honest. And um, I liked the kind of worldly sound to it, from going from like... Indian to tribal to that Euro stuff like I think that's really interesting to just kind of throw together in a way that at times clashes but 
should be way more clashy than it comes out as, especially with her weird voice. And a lot of it sounds like a Mario Kart song is also what I wrote down. <laughs> a Mario Kart song. <laughs> Mario Kart fever dream is my direct quote. Okay, that's, that's just pretty... That's as weird as Bjork is to some of her It's like Rainbow things. Road. Okay, Alex? What, this album is definitely a journey, um, just like she plays it out to be. Um, I liked it. There are some songs that, like, honestly, I couldn't get through, like, some of the time because it was just either too slow or I was, like, it's honestly annoyed me, but I do... I do definitely respect, like, Bjork's vision and definitely her sound because she's definitely different and a lot, very unique compared to even artists today. Um, I don't think that most of these songs really hold up only simply because of the very 90s beats that they have, but overall it was... It was pretty good. Okay. Um, all of the songs on this album, individually, are cool. When you put them together, I think they were put together in the wrong order. And then also, by the end of it, it starts to get a little slow and come to me and violently happy. Being at the end of the album starts to drag a little bit. If you want to check out more Bjork, don't go to Greatest Hits, just listen to Vespertine. Basically, the first like four or five tracks on Vespertine is Bjork's Greatest Hits. Um, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It's Most of the problems I have with it are structural problems, and the songs themselves are great. Um, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Um, I love Venus as a Boy and Human Behavior, Big Time Sensuality, but other than that, the songs were either, like, just, like I said, like, really annoying for me, or it's just, I don't have an ear for it, maybe. But another big thing for me was the fact that these are just, like, two albums put together in a very, like, structured order in the fact that it's, like, Poppy, then Traditional Bjork, and then back and forth, back and forth. Slapdash, (laughs) as you would. But, yeah, (laughs) 6 out of 10. This is hard. Um, I think I would give it a 5 out of 10. We talked about how 5 isn't bad. Perfectly average. Yeah. I really appreciate it for what it is, um, but it is not my tea. But I'm not opposed to hearing more from her and finding songs that I do like from her because I think she's super interesting and I would like to get behind it fully, but I would not probably show this album to anybody who wasn't, like, already, like... Acquainted with yeah, Bjork, I'd probably be like, it's a, it's, "This is it's a, a little secret. a lot." Yeah, yeah. A book cub secret. So, I think five out of ten. Okay, so that's six point three. That's pretty good. I'll, eventually, I'll bring up one of Bjork's ten out of ten albums, and we'll see how you guys think about that. Um, lots of new releases this yes. week. Like oh yeah, a fucking shit ton. Okay, so my list of stuff that I've been interested in for this week is Cool AD did a freestyle tape pretty early in the week, and then on Friday, Fleet Foxes, Big Boy, Lord, and Young Thug, all on okay. the same day. Does anyone else have uh, any other ones? 
I have, along with Young Thug, Big, uh, not Big Sean, Bryson Tiller, Tara Jr., and Two Chains. Two Chains' album is surprisingly, like, really good. Ooh. Like, I thought it would be, like, oh, cool, like, Two Chains. I have to check that out. For 12 songs. <laughs> but, but, like, I fuck yeah, with it. Like, good. I was banging it all day. Two Chains is a very funny person, like, deliberately. Not like you're making yeah. fun of how bad he is. Yeah, but I thought this. Person. But I think it's like this album, he takes some turns in and he got really creative with it. Compared to like, you know what you're going to hear when you hear 2 Chase songs. Not this album, I don't think. A lot of them are very varied. Is there, any, like. is there any line that surpasses, she got a big booty, I call her big <laughs> It's hard to drive when you're getting your dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ba-boom. The man um, that keeps on giving. I, I think we might be able to to surpass the normal nominations process and just do Lord. Is that okay with everyone? I am definitely okay with that. I'm down. Of all the ones I listened to, like I was more excited for Young Thug than Lord it's going a little into bit this a... week, but I think I like Lord's better than Young Thug, so I'd rather talk about Lord. Yeah, I, I can't really wait like to talk young, about I Lord. really like Young Thug's, because it's different from all his songs, but because it's, like, guitar-based, but then it gets, like, cool. We got it. You changed. Yeah. But well, I think it's a sweet album. Well, to do a little quick Young Thug impressions, the first song well, is... Dip, gets... dip. <laughs> I don't... That might be Pee Wee Longway on that song. I don't know who does it that. It was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Young Thug is what brought us together. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the first song is guitar-based, but then the rest of the songs are kind of normal. It's not the... Jeffrey was so eccentric, and every song was completely different. I think he brings the same eccentricity to the vocals on mm-hmm. this project, but the beats don't match it. I it, appreciate how he doesn't really sound like him. Yeah, he's it's more different singing. voice on every song going yeah. in crazy different directions. It's yeah. great, but I, I would I don't think I'm gonna like it more than Barter Six or Jeffrey, which are like two classics in my opinion at this point. Yeah. He's grown classics. a lot. Yeah. Barter Six still the best. <laughs> I don't. I think people don't think that. I don't. I don't understand it. Like every song. People don't Barter respect Six Barter Six. People, they just don't. Um, okay, so we're definitely doing Lord next week. It's called Melodrama. Came out on Friday, and it's her second album. And Emily. there's a bunch of songs on it. Long awaited. I'm gonna have a hot take right now, guys. Oh, have a hot take. Not about Lord, be dis- though, because we're going to talk oh. about that. Um, <laughs> is, okay. The Knicks are going to lose again this year because they're oh. trading Christoph Lincoln. <laughs> My non-Lord hot take of the day. <laughs> is it non-Lord. about the music, or is it about the way she, Is it about how she only wears old lady clothes now? No, I fuck with that. I fuck with it, too, but it's weird. It's, she looks like I'm loving it. She's the Kiwi Bjork. No, I have a hot take that it's not going to live up to expectations. Did you listen to it? Uh, no, but I've heard whatever song came out that I just really didn't like. I didn't like when I heard it, so I never listened to it again because I was it like, green I'm light? not trying to say that I don't like this song. Was it Greenlight? Because I like... Yeah. No, Greenlight is not at all. And that's all I'm going to say. Like, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. It's not like Greenlight at all. And then she did another all. song on... She was on SNL. Where did I hear this? I think she was on SNL. And she did two. 
probably liability. But I'm gonna I gave it the once yes. over because I like to listen to something before I nominate it, and I'm not gonna tell you what I think about it because that's for next week. Ooh, <laughs> somewhere between a zero and a ten. Okay, so any final statements? NHL got new jerseys. Fuck the Penguins. They won. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am at Veggie Nug on Twitter. Alana's on Twitter now. Yeah, Alana's on I Twitter. Am. I'm so confused by what's going on. Well, they updated it, like, right after you joined. Yeah. That's fine. They could have... I could still have the old one. I don't know. Uh. I'm at Prosecco Mommy, 1S, 1C. And I'm at Super Duper Cud. And we have an email address, bctm at gmail.com, which I don't think I've gotten any emails at yet, but if someone wants to ask me a question, that's the best place to do it. Yeah. Um, shout out to anyone from my job who kept asking what this is called because they want to hear it. Um, and you're not telling them. <laughs> and you're not telling <laughs> And you're keeping uh, it from them. Oh, rest in peace, Prodigy. That's sad. Huh? Prodigy died. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Rip Prodigy. Yeah, rip, yeah. rest in peace, Prodigy. And true okay. New York City legend. There we go. Okay, so... You know what's crazy? While I was looking through um, my albums from my year, I'm not going to tell you which one I chose, but it was Mob Deep and another person that I was deciding between. Now we're going to be jumping on a bandwagon if you do it. I know. I'm not going to do it. I already well, decided. no, we can if you want, but... Um, no. Okay, so recordings off. Okay, two things. Um, Alana's audio recording cut out towards the end, and then she came back in. So if, it seemed like I was just talking to myself for a long time. That's because Alana was talking to me, but we didn't get the audio. So I had to edit around it. And then the other thing that I have to add on to the end of this is Title 17 of United States Law, Section 107, Limitations on Exclusive Rights, Fair Use, notwithstanding the provisions of Section 106 and 106A, the fair use of a copyrighted work, including such use by reproduction in copies or phonorecords or by any other means specified by that section, for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, including multiple copies for classroom use, scholarship, or research, is not an infringement of copyright. In determining whether the use made of a work in any particular case is a fair use, the factors to be considered shall include, one, the purpose and character of the use, including whether such use is of a commercial nature or is for nonprofit educational purposes. Two, the nature of the copyrighted work. Three, the amount of substantiality of the portion used in the relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. And four, the effect of the use upon the potential market for or the value of the copyrighted work. The fact that the work is unpublished shall not itself bar a finding of fair use if such finding is made upon consideration of the above factors. So. I'm going to put the little bit that I said I might not put in for copyright reasons.